Hey, Michael here. Welcome to Acquisitions Anonymous. Uh, we have a very summer-themed episode for you today. Um, we went through and analyzed an exciting business located outside of Whistler, Canada, near Vancouver. That is a whitewater rafting business with a lot of unique things to dig into from COVID impact to how the broker's presenting stuff. So um, really enjoyed this one. Uh, hope you enjoy it as much as we do. Uh, here is the episode. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, Michael here. Today's sponsor is Guardian Due Diligence, uh, and that is run by our friend Elliot, who was on our episode number 88. Uh, and what Guardian Due Diligence does is provide the diligence solution for first-time buyers and self-funded searchers, so people that are buying businesses. Um, and, you know, they believe that diligence is critical. We believe the same thing as you're digging into a business. Um, and he thinks that you should be able to acquire a business with comfort, that the numbers are solid and the seller is not fooling you and your lenders and equity partners, they want to know the same thing too. Um, so that's where Guardian comes in. You can get good financial diligence and providing you comfort that you're not buying a bad business and risking your entire net worth on a personal guarantee. So um, Guardian's quality of earnings reports will give you that confidence and belief in, in what you're doing and, and peace of mind. So, um, you know, they offer free reviews of LOIs and company valuations and you can find out more from Elliot at offerfromelliot.com and uh, mention that uh, Elliot's been on podcast number 88 and that you heard him there and uh, tell him we sent you and you can reach him at eholland at guardiandudiligence.com and again also at offerfromelliot.com is how you can get in touch with him. Um, now back to the episode. Awesome. All right. We are back for another episode of Acquisitions Anonymous and it is summertime. So we have a summer themed deal Read by our resident outdoorsman, <laughs> Mills. Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> Wait, it's the beard, right? You go outside. You just, Wait, you're on roofs all the time. That's you, the way this works. I just gave that was a layup. I just gave you that one. Uh, you baited me into it. Mills, you're reading this one, right? Um, all right. We have an exceptionally profitable rafting tour company, not just profitable, but exceptionally profitable. Two million dollar asking price. Total revenue is one million five hundred and seventy seven thousand dollars. SDE seller discretionary earnings of $524,000, EBITDA of $459,000. They say the value of their assets is $217,000. Since 2015, they've been expanding their services, hiring more guides, creating a stronger business model, and have become the number one rated rafting experience in the region. Over the years, they've built a solid reputation with both customers and suppliers. They have a significant presence in Vancouver, Squamish, Whistler tourism communities. And as of 2021, they are the Traveler's Choice Award winner. The business has great relationships with suppliers, utilizing its strong cash flow and profitability to ensure vendors are paid on time. Uh, be interesting to talk about what their vendors are, who they use, vendor, like who, what are you using vendors for in this case? Along with their focus on employee recruitment and retention, it makes the company a preferred choice for seasonal tourism employees to work. Number one rafting adventure company in BC and more possibilities to expand await. Uh, they've been around since 2015, 36 full-time employees. They lease their facilities. They have 3,200 Instagram followers, 4,500 Facebook followers, 80 YouTube subscribers. I almost think I would leave that out if it was only <laughs> That's just me. Newsletter recipients, 13,000 with a 43% open rate. Uh, that actually seems pretty good. I, I would think I'd sign up for their email while I'm on the, you know, in, in about to travel there and go. And then I would unsubscribe later. So good for them. Um, they've 
rarely invested in print, radio, billboards, and other more traditional advertising. They're focusing on digital. Uh, they have referral sources set up with TripAdvisor, Whistler.com, some hotel, concierges, activity booking desks, and word of mouth referrals. They operate from a physical base, short drive from Vancouver and Whistler. It's a four acre lease site and it's ideally situated equal distances from the launch points of the two main rivers that they operate on. Um, plenty of parking, office space, guest greeting area, the whole nine yards, everything you'd need. It's a, they have a five year lease that began in January of 2022. That's very interesting at a rate of $6,300 a month. So it expires in 2026. And we actually have some good financials on this. Um, they are, Pursuing for other interests before we get into the financials. So would want to know more about that. Uh, revenue took a major hit in 2020. Um, they basically have been steady from, we have 2017. If you're on YouTube, you can see this 2017, 2018, 2019. They're around 1.3 to 1.4 million top line. 2020 decreased by, you know, more than half. They went down to $600,000 in revenue. Um, but they bounced back quite strong, uh, at after, you know, after COVID lockdowns and they're up to 1.5 million top line. Um, they, you know, have decent gross profit, um, very, very strong, um, like maybe 70 ish percent or more. Um, net income is, uh, really has fluctuated a lot. If you look at their net income, like in 2019 pre pandemic, now their net income is, uh, almost 50%. So I would have a lot of questions about that. Maybe it's like PPP or something like that, that they got in 2021 that makes it a one-time, um, one-time bump. This is actually kind of nice. So this broker has put together the SDE. They don't list the normalizations or I think what they're, what they're calling normalizations, which would be adjustments. They are doing a, you know, weighted average SDE of 524,000 weighted average EBITDA of 459. And the multiples there are uh, 1.3 times multiple on revenue, 3.8 times multiple on SDE and a 4.35 times multiple on EBITDA. What do you guys think about this exceptionally profitable? I'm going to hold my comments about their EBITDA calculation until later. Let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about the business first. Maybe we should start with this EBITDA calculation because this 2020 0% thing makes me so mad. I don't know why it's got me so mad, but it's basically saying there's basically what they're saying is there's a 0% chance that this business will experience a full shutdown pandemic type something in the future. And we all know that's just intellectually dishonest. So maybe that's what's got me so mad about this listing, which it's otherwise such a beautiful listing, so well put together. But like they got to put, they have to put in like, you know, now that we've gone through it once, like there will be another COVID-19. It, it may be or five years something. from now, maybe 15 years from now, but it will There's happen again. There's a chance again. that they have a 50% yeah, like, drawdown. It can't be 0%. Yeah. Yeah, it can't be zero percent, right? Um, or there's forest fires. I mean, anything. It's just totally just. It's a, it's intellectually dishonest. So the the sneakiness here that you almost got to say, I got to hand it to you here. So what what's happened here? If we just look at this business, right? It was stable around you know an SDE in the low three hundred thousands, roughly. It was stable around there. COVID hit. They had an awful year in twenty twenty, and then twenty twenty three they did almost seven hundred thousand of SDE. So this business has a COVID rebound, right? People, you know, COVID is, well, I won't, we won't say COVID is over, but like people have decided they're going to do vacations again, right? And so there's a huge bump up on outdoor vacations like this. 
uh, in British Columbia. So they're selling on like off their best year ever, which any buyer would go, okay, like this is an abnormally high recent year to pay a multiple on. But the broker genius in a genius way to redirect you instead goes, yeah, 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 we're going to sell on a weighted EBITDA. We're going to only ascribe 50% of the value to the big bump year in our weighted average, and then 25, 15, and 10% to the old years. So that gets you to a weighted average uh, SD of $524,000. But the problem is besides 2021, this business has never done $524,000 of SDE. It does $336,000, $361,000 of SDE right in a normal year. So I almost love how they just like right in your face have sleight of handed you and said, yeah, 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 yeah. We're not going to, you know, we're going to do a weighted even credit. Right. (laughs) But we want a huge amount of credit, which which I think this, that's what makes it difficult. I would say this business is probably totally untransactable at this moment in time because you're the seller is going to want some sort of multiple that gives them credit for the almost $700,000 SDE year that they had recently. And a buyer is going to want to give no credit at all. So, I mean, I've just seen this so many times that you're just never going to cross that chasm. So what you re- what this business needs is to put up full year 2022 financials so it can be valued on those. And until then, I think it's going to be very hard to get a deal done. Well, and it's exacerbated by even worse. If you look what was happening, revenue was going up 2017, 2018, 2019, not by much, but it was going up a little bit, a few, a few percent, which is fine. But then their problem was their expenses were exploding. In 2019, they spent 900000 in expenses on $1.4 million in revenue. But in 2018, they spent 700000 so nearly $200,000 less despite barely growing the business year over year. So their their SDE has been going down year over year, right? 2017 was 443,000, 2018, 361,000, 336,000 in 2019. And then this huge bump again, you know, post COVID. But you've got a business that not only is dealing with this COVID bump, but there's something going on underneath this business to cause it to be less profitable year after year, despite growing. So something else is going on in the context here. Maybe they don't have pricing power. Maybe there's too much competition or these deal sites, right? These deal sites, if you see these daily deal sites, Groupon and stuff like that, those are the beginning of a death spiral for restaurants and a lot of you know small consumer services stuff. So those have me worried that they've been having to do huge discounts in the face of a ton of competition you know, just to keep revenue kind of flat. And, um, you know, so you exacerbate this COVID thing. Go ahead. They could also be investing for growth and it just doesn't pan out. They're trying to hire new guides. You know, they're trying to invest in new equipment, thinking that that's going to give them some pricing power and then it doesn't pan out. And that's why you look at it and go, man, if I was going to take a, you know, substantial cut in profitability, you know, you got to figure out what what was the increase in expenses here? You know, $200,000 increase in expenses year over year and revenue only went up a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. That sales and marketing line is the first one I'd look at in expenses, right? Because they're, they're not going to, they're in that bucket. Maybe, you know, maybe they're throwing a bunch of money at Groupon. Maybe they're throwing a bunch of money at digital ads. Maybe some of these local sites like whistler.com and stuff, they're having to pay big time, um, big time payments to them, digital marketing spend. It looks like here they're spending 62,000, 66,000 just in June. Um, they're generating 62,000 
for June from 4,800 in Google AdWords spend um, to try to get people that are searching for this stuff on Google. So I bet there's some value capture happening with their, um, you know, with the folks that are potentially new customers. Cause this is not a repeat. It's also worth noting. This is not a repeat customer business, right? You maybe have somebody that's lifetime value of two or three times, but by and large, you're having to go hunt and kill, um, figuratively um new customers right um in order to in order to keep your business growing so you're always going to be kind of subservient to the the marketing gods and in terms of what it's costing you to get get the customers yeah i mean it's it's a it's a destination kind of tourist thing right like i don't think the locals go whitewater rafting with this company so on one hand you know you're leveraged to we talked about the pagosa springs ski rental uh, shop on a prior episode. So very similar to that, you're kind of leveraged to the tourism volume to your particular local market, uh, which might be very stable, or it might be fluctuate dramatically based on how much snow the local area gets each year, right? So there's definitely a leverage there. But the thing that's a little tougher about this one, as Michael kind of uh, intonates here, is that uh, the ski shop, you go to Pagosa Springs, it's right there in your face. The whitewater rafting thing, you're going to British Columbia, you're going to type British Columbia whitewater rafting into Google, right? And there's this discovery component that has a middleman and you pay a toll. And whether that middleman is Groupon or Google or whatever. And that's why you see this business has clearly spent a ton of effort on digital marketing, which you got to hand it to them. You know, they're citing their social media followers, they're running a seems like a relatively sophisticated Google AdWords campaign because they cite number of clicks and a specific conversion rate and a specific cost per customer acquisition. Um, so you, I mean, that tells you right there that this is a customer acquisition business. It's not a foot traffic business, uh, which makes it a little bit tougher. I think the other thing too, is this is I'm sure seasonal as heck, right? Like you don't go whitewater rafting in January in British Columbia. <laughs> I don't think, um, so it's, we're sitting here July 22, like I have a feeling they only provided 2021 financials, but I have a feeling 2022 financials are almost fully baked at this point, right. Or will be in another 30 days. Um, so it may be that, you know, they were trying to sell this, uh, when the most recent was the COVID bump year. But if I'm the buyer here, I am in no rush to complete this transaction. I want to see, wait another 30 to 60 days and see how 2022 busy season shook out. That brings up a really good point, which is buying, Michael, you could speak to this better than I can, but buying a seasonal business, depending on where it falls in the seasonality. Like if you buy a fireworks business on, you know, January 5th, you know, what does that do? And all the different aspects that go along with it, inventory, working capital, all those things. It, yeah, when you it, buy it definitely business, affects your networking capital <laughs> computation, right? And also what you're going to be spending, you know, in terms of just keep the lights on um, between now and the time when the revenue starts coming in again. You know, I've, I have talked to people that run these kind of businesses because I've gone on, um, uh, I've gone on these type of whitewater rafting things. And so like, I'll just, well, you know what I mean? Like I'll just start interrogating the, the operator about how it works and stuff like that. The, the nice thing, which you saw in 2020 is these things, when they're off season, your costs are really low. Like the people who are your tour guides are often 1099 contractors or they're seasonal. So they get off the payroll. They might go, you know, if they're not doing whitewater rafting in the summer with you, they're down in Chile working at a ski resort or teaching ski lessons or whatever, or guiding and stuff like that. So all that is, is a good thing. 
um, with this compared to say fireworks or some other seasonal businesses where you have, you know, big expenses during the off season. Um, this at least appears to be one that you can scale down with demand. So it's unlikely you're going to keep hemorrhaging cash during, during terrible years like 2020 was. Except your rent. Then they just signed a five-year lease that you have to. Yeah. It's really interesting. You know, I think in the old days you probably cared a lot about where your physical base was for this business. Like if you go to these white rider rafting businesses, say in Colorado, where I've done a number of these, these kind of tours with my family, you know, you could see where people used to fight to be kind of the first visible spot because people would just drive into town and then sign up at a whitewater rafting place at, you know, at the first spot on the right. Um, but here it appears because it's made a switch to digital, like their, their physical base is really not strategic at all, right? They're, they're busing to and from the launching sites, which is interesting to me that it's so expensive. I mean, 72, 6,300 for a, you know, just a field. Um, and I don't even, maybe they, maybe they have a whole facility there and stuff like that, but it seems, seems like a lot of money. Um, so one thing did come to me, um, a startup idea based on looking at this business. Um, I think you could make some money being a business that went to seasonal stuff like this and just said, we're going to do customer acquisition for you and you're going to pay us per lead. Um, I'd be interesting to see, I'd be interesting to see if you could go to these guys and get economies of scale by marketing, all kinds of different channels of being a specialist in signing people up for these types of tours and then going to folks like this and saying, Hey, 50 bucks per group, you pay us per lead. We'll send them to you. Um, I think it could be a way to insert yourself in the chain and, and potentially you got to imagine a little, you know, a little tour company like this, that's a bunch of rafters. They don't know anything about digital marketing. These, these guys are pretty sophisticated, but you know, sales process funnels, all that kind of stuff, nurturing, you know, they're clearly not doing a lot of those things. Um, be interesting. It just as a startup idea. And I know this isn't a startup idea podcast, but <laughs> it came to mind. Well, well, you do see that, you know, the way this model presents itself sometimes is like Whistler whitewater rafting.com, right? And it'll be some entrepreneur who will register that domain. will get good at SEO. will start buying Google ads to their website. Uh, and then they'll reach out to all the rafting companies and go either pass per lead or pass per month to be listed, you know, or whatever it might be. Um, but you got to be good at SEO and you got to be good at Google AdWords. So, so who do we think should do this deal? Like Mills, if you were going to recommend what, what sort of entrepreneur should go after something like this? I mean, it's a, it's a hobby business. It's a lifestyle business, probably like a, <clears throat> somebody, somebody who really wants to live in this part of the world and they're, you know, they've retired from one career, but they're not really ready to fully retire and they love, you know, they love being on the water. And they go, you know what, I've got, you know, 10 more years and, um, you know, this is a good way to kind of, I mean, but I don't know, to pay 2 million bucks, you know, for this, I think they're, that it starts to get to a price point where that's really, really hard for, you know, for a lot of people to swallow, to just kind of have a, a nice kind of, well, this has got, this has got some stuff against it from potential buyers. Obviously it's in, it's in Whistler near Vancouver, but it's also number two, you know, it's going to be in Canada. So you're dealing with a, a more limited pool of financing options for a U.S. buyer um, or another country buyer. So maybe you're looking for a Canadian at that point. Um, and then I think it's worth talking about a bit here. This is at a size where it's almost the Goldilocks size, right? It's not small enough for somebody that's looking for a hobby you know, exit to go do something as a second or third career. And they don't really care that much about the money. And it's not big enough to where 
somebody who's a more professional style investor can be there. It's this, this weird 500 to 600K EBITDA thing where, you know, I think it's tougher to transact a lot of deals. I would also be willing to bet $20 to you guys or any listener that if you get the financials and you push on this, there is some kind of, it wouldn't be PPP, I guess, because it's Canada, but there's some kind of COVID assistance that is driving the 2021 profitability. I just, I just, it, you know, I see it a lot. People should, you know, you see adjusted financials and they're like, look, all this net income that we had, you know, in this case, it might be $300,000 worth of net income that's from COVID assistance. That's one time they're not adjusting it out. And, you know, they're just kind of going to see, see, you know, see if a buyer pushes back 20 bucks. Well, if you get the if you get the listing for this deal uh, and Mills is wrong, contact him for your 20 bucks. <laughs> I'll, I'll then you, I'll cash app you. U.S. dollars or Canadian loonies? Definitely hey, Canadian. Definitely yeah, Canadian. This is a very, yeah. yeah. In closing, do you guys want to talk about my background a little bit? <laughs> do you like my eat, pray, love decor for those of you on the video today? Yeah, I'm in, a, I'm in an Airbnb in New Hampshire and uh, the uh, decor in our Airbnb is decidedly eat, pray, love. That that little bottle and that's why you chose that it, right? bottle behind you. Is that a the short stubby one? Is it a wine decanter or is it an olive oil container? That one. Um, I don't know. I think it's a wine decanter, but for some reason it's full of marbles. <laughs> Couldn't tell if it was marbles or coffee beans. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just this is weird. And it's just like a picture here and. There's some books over there. One of them is titled The Long Walk to Freedom. <laughs> I think this is the most e pray love place I've ever been in. Anyway. I think what all of our listeners should appreciate is that, for one, if you watch us on YouTube, you will note that Michael is in a different Airbnb <laughs> every time we record. <laughs> what you will also note is that somehow Michael schleps his entire podcasting boom arm and nice microphone uh, for the benefit of our listeners. So I picture Michael driving around uh, in a huge van with like a giant podcasting hard case in the back and getting an extra bedroom in the Airbnb and se- and like spending six hours setting everything up perfectly with his camera and boom arm just for our the, listeners. The, so, so yeah, that's happened. Meanwhile, Bill's at the beach. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bill's at the beach and he's like, guys. Unshowered, like on the laptop. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, the real hero of this podcasting, you know, I have the biggest suitcase of any of the family on this trip, including my son who went to camp for two weeks. Um, but I also brought a 63 centimeter road bicycle. So my the hero of this is actually my 13 year old who's been wrestling with a, a road bicycle, like needling him the whole way back from Canada. So he's a hero. You're welcome. Cool. All right. Things we do for the podcast. the podcast. All right. Well, that'll wrap up our whitewater rafting thing. It sounds like we didn't like it that much, but we love the we love the presentation. Good job by DealBuilder.co. Really good stuff. I do think we should do a site visit on this one. Um, yes. So let's work, tours, let's work on have that. you been on one of these yep. rafting tours with your family and stuff? They're super fun. Highly recommend it. Yes. Uh, I, I volunteered in college and worked a summer at a whitewater, whitewater rafting place in Spokane, Washington. It's awesome. Super fun. Best bachelor party I ever went on was a three-day whitewater rafting trip uh, in Colorado where you, you we had two rafts. The guides did everything, including cook the dinners, pitch the tents, packed it all up. All we had to do was just raft and then drink beer around the fire, go to sleep in the tents they set up, and then wake up in the morning and get back on the rafts. It was amazing. So my, my buddies talked about one time they did a, like a seven-day rafting trip down the – through the grand canyon 
And uh, they talked about they couldn't camp in the first spot they were planning on because they got there and Jeff Bezos and all of his friends were there. <laughs> and so they had to go to the, they chose they a good to spot. To the next spot. <laughs> they had to go to the next spot and they parked there and they, but they took up the whole camping area. And then 15 minutes later, a group rolls up and it's Harrison Ford and all of his friends. And so then they let Harrison Ford hang out with them and he like drank, he drank all their liquor. That was the story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if any of this is true, but it was an amazing story to drink to share over beers. So it could be could be true or not. I was not invited to this. I don't get invited. To, I don't get invited to fun things with Harrison Ford and Jeff Bezos. All right. Well, Very cool. Um, one more thing about this rafting deal, I think worth noting. Like, if you buy a deal like this, you have to be ready to deal with crazy freaking employees. Because the people that sign up to do rafting guide like this as a profession, this is not your CPA group, right? This is, these are people who want to live in a tent, like live a, a life of adventure. And the most fun thing to them is hanging out with a bunch of families, taking them down whitewater rafting for six months, and then they go run like a snowblower for the rest of the year. So you're dealing with some screwballs, um, and you should be prepared for that if you buy a business like this. Which some people don't bother. More power to you. More power to you. On that note, uh, we will wrap it up. Thanks, everybody. Catch you next time.